Welcome to Success Quest. Become your best self and join the revolution to success. Hey there, Questers. I'm Caleb. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, here we focus on the areas of success that aren't typically focused on. And to accomplish this, we seek out experts in different fields like mental health, relationships, business, in order to help you more fully understand how you can get further along on your quest for success. Well, I'm super excited to have Andrea Paulton here with me today. We've actually met before since I was on her podcast Oh, a couple of weeks ago now. I don't even know. Time flies. Um, <laughs> but I was on her podcast a couple of weeks ago. I'll throw the link in the description. You guys definitely need to check out her podcast. It's a great podcast. It's called Marketing Guide to Grow Your Business. And she's a marketing expert. So we're, we're excited to have you. How are you doing today, Andrea? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I, this is round two for us. <laughs> we had yeah. so much fun the first time. So let's let's try to do it again. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. It was a blast. And so I'm happy to have you on our podcast now. We're doing a little a little back and forth. Um, so to get us started, Andrea, we like to hear stories here on Success Quest. We like to learn about where people were and how they got where they are now and also where they're going. So what's your story? Where'd you? How'd you yeah. get where you are? So I'm going to try to summarize because I am <laughs> going to start from the beginning. Oh, great. <laughs> so, so right now I'm a marketing and business coach and um, I started all this stuff a very, very long time ago. Um, so I'm originally from Germany. And when I moved here with my family, I was a teenager and none of us spoke English. My mom, my dad, my brother, none of us spoke English. And because I was the youngest, I was able to learn English the fastest. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, there I am, 13, 14 years old, leading the family and basically teaching my mom English and translating things in the grocery store. So my life as a coach and as a teacher started as a teenager already. Mm -hmm. And I, without me knowing or wanting it, it was kind of a situation that we were thrown into where I was basically forced into leading my family. Um, but it was something that probably led me to where I am today. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I think that being brought up that way where I was always helping and servicing and, and, and helping my mom, especially, um, mm -hmm. it was just something that was kind of maybe, um, taught to me and maybe part of it by nature. So that's kind of how I got started. And then I went to school for journalism and journalism was something I really, really wanted to do. And I wanted to be on TV, to be honest. So <laughs> there's a reason <laughs> I do YouTube videos and Facebook lives. <laughs> but I wanted to be on TV, really, to be honest. And so I started working for the Columbine shooting. I don't know if you remember it. It was a very long time ago in um, Colorado. And it was one of the very first horrible school shootings. And um, I had to interview some of the deceased parents and uncles and aunts. Mm. And it was awful. And I'm a very um, heart-centered person. And I really feel for people that it was almost impossible for me to interview these people. And I started realizing, like, this is not, this is not it. I can't do uh -huh. this. And then I ended up not having a journalism degree and didn't want to do it. And so I ended up getting this radio job at 3 a.m. in the morning. I was working on a tech board from, no, I was, 
yeah, it was like 3 a.m., but it was a horrible shift. <laughs> and um, and I ended up meeting the CEO next door in our um, in our shared kitchen. And he had the first internet radio station. It was called Go Gaga. And his name was Joe Pizzillo. I will always remember because he got me my start in marketing. And mm-hmm. we started talking and I told him I wasn't happy. And he's like, you know what? I need a marketing coordinator. Come on over. And that's how I got my start in marketing. 18 years later, I'm still doing marketing. I work my way up from a little coordinator all the way up to the head of marketing. So being an executive. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years ago, um, I had um, I started teaching at a school called General Assembly. And I started teaching digital marketing. And I realized I was really good at it. And I really enjoyed it because I like to see people um, absorb the stuff that I was teaching them and uh-huh. then implementing it and then kicking butt in their, um, in their work. And then all of a sudden they had more leads and more sales and they were growing their businesses. And it just got me like really excited about, okay, here I am back again, serving, helping. And um, I just said, you know what, I want to do something like that's permanently like that. Mm-hmm little side bump in my road, my, um, well, huge bump in my road, (laughs) my um, father passed away and it was Mm. very tragic. It was very sudden. Um, and, um, him and I were very, very extremely close. And when that happened, I left my house, I sold everything, left my job, moved to my mom so I could help her out. Um, because, um, you know, she wasn't set up to be alone. And, um, and at that time I kept saying, you know, life is short you don't know when you're going to go. You got to do what you love. And that's mm-hmm. when I said, you know what? I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to be um, a coach and help out people and serve. Um, at first, I wasn't sure what kind of coaching. I looked at career coaching, life coaching. But since I've been a marketer for 18 years, it just made more sense to be a business mm-hmm. coach with an expertise in marketing. So that's yeah. what I do today. I help service-based businesses um, get the leads that they need and turn them into clients so then they can have successful businesses. That's awesome. Are you doing that full-time now? Or are you still doing teaching? Are you still working a full-time job or is this what you do all the time? I'm, st- I'm doing this as my main full-time job, but I'm also doing a little bit of teaching for that old school. Cool story. Today, <laughs> I actually got to go to the Olympics and oh. the headquarters and they're going to have me teach some of the athletes. So this wow. happened this morning. So I'm super excited about it. That is super exciting. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and I stayed in touch with them because I think it's important to stay in touch with your old employees, employers, mm-hmm. and um, coworkers and network for networking. And obviously, it paid off because I'm now teaching the Olympians um, marketing. Yeah. <laughs> that is super cool. We'll, we'll have to dig into that a little bit more. But first, I'd like to go back a little bit. Um, Germany, being an immigrant. Um, Let's dig into that just a little bit more for, for those of us. I mean, I, I love culture. I'm fascinated with culture and, and different languages and things like that. I lived for two years in Peru and it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. But what was that like for you coming from a completely different culture, a completely different language? And how were you able to integrate yourself here in the United States? Yeah. So, um, I moved here when I was 12. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit easier. My brother was five years older. You know, the younger you are, the easier those the types of things are, but it was still very difficult. So I came from a small town in Germany called Allen um, Mm -hmm. to Los Angeles, California. (laughs) Big difference. 
Yeah, it's like the worst <laughs> place to go to from a small town. Um, unless New York, I guess that would be just as bad. And um, this was in the time in the 80s where there was a lot of gangs in L.A. Mm. And my parents didn't understand gangs. They didn't, you know, we saw it on like TV shows when we were right. in Germany. Like they didn't understand it. And the town we lived in was very interesting. It had rich people on this side, poor people on this side. Mm. And we were living like right here. And um, we couldn't go to other schools. So we went to the school here and we had metal detectors, drive-bys, and really like bad things happening. And my parents yeah. didn't understand it. I didn't really tell them. Um, <laughs> and I just tried to fit in. And so I, I had English as a second language classes. And so I ended up hanging out with a lot of people that um, – were in gangs and there were um, mm -hmm. Hispanic gangs in the area where we lived. It was a very Hispanic gang area. And I ended up going to places that I shouldn't be going to, like, right. you know, part, house parties, that type of thing. Um, and it was interesting because at that time I was like, I know this is wrong, but I, the American kids didn't, um, they didn't take to me. And right. so these were the only people I had. So I was like, well, do I be alone or do I, um, you know, do I hang out with these these people? And it was this constant struggle I had going on. And mm -hmm. I was bullied. I was at the same time, I was bullied quite a bit. Um, my accent, um, my first day at school, I wore neon shorts and a neon shirt. <laughs> and I was made fun of, like, no tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and so I was bullied quite a bit and it was really difficult. And I decided, you know, I'd rather have friends that are bad than be alone and be bullied. Mm -hmm. And so then began a couple of years, three, four years where I was hanging out with these people that um, were really bad. And um, I, you know, I learned a lot from that. Um, I didn't take part in any of the bad stuff. But to be honest, what I learned were these, these guys were kids. Yeah. You know, I was hanging out with 14 year old gangbangers that their dad was a gangbanger, their brother was a gangbanger, their uncle and their grandpa. And that's all they knew. And so I'm coming in there really naive and young. And I'm like, oh, let's play the Ouija board. Let's play Monopoly. And these guys were like, oh, my God, I can be a kid around her. And yeah. so we went and played the Ouija board and Monopoly and board games that at that time, these kids, these 14 year olds, that's not what they were doing. They were doing mm -hmm. you know, drugs, bad things and, and, and stuff um, that it was almost like a little bit of a relief. And it was uh, myself and it was a couple of girlfriends of mine that were also bullied that we ended up hanging out together and we ended up going to these parties together. So it was this really weird environment of this German kid with her two little friends hanging out in these bad <laughs> parties, but we were bringing the parties down to a normal 14 year old level. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it ended up helping them and it ended up helping us um, to learn what it's like to be in a completely different environment where it's expected of you to be in a gang and do bad things. Mm -hmm. So it was a really weird, interesting time. Obviously, I came out of it healthy and alive <laughs> um, that I'm, I'm thankful for the time, even yeah. though my mom still cries when she thinks about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, I came out on the other side being more sympathetic to people that maybe I wouldn't be sympathetic to if I hadn't hung out with these kinds of people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I, I think that there's a lot of value to that, to putting yourself in a new environment, even if it's a little bit of a hostile environment, 
because you learn so much and you get a different perspective. Like you said, um, the, the, they were just kids, right? And they didn't know any better. It was, it was the lifestyle they were raised in. And, and that gives you a whole new perspective on life. Cause oh, yeah. then when you see that person on the news, who's going to prison because they did something bad, you think, Oh, there's a whole lifetime behind that. Right. And so I think you start to see the world differently when you're in those types of situations, instead of just judging everyone, you start to see people as they are, like they're people and they have lives and they have experiences that lead up to maybe some bad decisions, but, yeah. but it's a life. I mean, it's a real person, you know, cause a lot of times we just, we, we can almost disassociate ourselves with other people and think of them as, as their actions. So anyways, I, I, that's kind of going off the rails a little bit, but I think that that is super interesting and it's important to understand that people are people and get to see people. Yeah. And it's interesting too. I ended up marrying somebody that was also bullied um, quite a bit when he was a teenager. And it's interesting to see us now, you know, you wouldn't, you you know, we're both successful. We both love life. We're very happy people. Um, Mm -hmm. People think of us like maybe like prom queen, prom queen, prom king and we're like no (laughs) very different upbringing um and so people usually don't believe our story until we tell it a little deeper and they're like whoa that's so crazy Mm -hmm. and it's interesting when my husband and I are at a party or we're talking to these people and they're you know making fun of um, people that are less fortunate and both my husband and I immediately jump in to protect Mm -hmm. like wait you don't know like you said Jacob you don't know their story Mm -hmm. Maybe they were, you know, they had a horrible upbringing. Maybe they were orphans, maybe, you know, and, and we immediately find all these scenarios that could have happened to make somebody make decisions maybe that weren't so great for them. Absolutely. Man, that's amazing. I, I love it for anybody that's listening to this. Go do something a little uncomfortable. Go put yourself in an interesting situation. Maybe go to the part of town. You usually wouldn't drive around a little and look around because you can gain a lot of perspective from that. Just from my time in Peru, um, it wasn't so bad with crime and things like that. It's not as bad as other South American countries, but man, the poverty levels. And it was eye-opening just to see a different perspective of life and to be able to just see people as people in no matter what circumstance they're in. So anyways, that's super interesting. I I haven't been to Peru. um, I really want to. I haven't been there. So when you went, Jacob, and you saw these the kids and the people that were living in poverty, were they happy and were they yes. like happy-go-lucky <laughs> and they didn't really care that they didn't have a Tesla or anything like that? Oh, they they wouldn't even think about a Tesla. <laughs> uh, yeah, for the most part, people were incredibly happy. In fact, probably a lot more happy than most people I see around me here. Um, and that was one of the hardest things coming back since I was there for two whole years. I kind of, in my head, became a Peruvian in a sense. And when I came back to the States, looking around, I was like, man, like there's a bunch of people here who have no idea what they have. And most people, I mean, this is obviously a little stereotypical, but in the United States, I think a lot of people are very cold. Like they're just, they're too focused in on their own lives and what they're trying to accomplish and what they're trying to do. Whereas in Peru, everyone is focused on the outward. They're focused on everyone around them. As you walk down the street, everyone is saying hi. Everyone is, is happy to talk to you and trying to see how they can help you and support each other. And I mean, obviously it wasn't all 
all amazing. There was some downsides to Peru too in the culture there, but for the most part, I would say that they were very happy and very supportive people. And here I feel like people are just a lot, they're very focused on themselves. Not that we're not happy or not that we don't care about other people. I just think a lot of us are too zoned in on our goals and what we want to accomplish that we don't think of others. Yeah. You know, and part of that too, you know, when I talk to my German family about it, I do think it's because America is so big. So Mm -hmm. for example, you know, you grow up in New York and then one kid ends up going to school in Oklahoma, one in California, and then you have another kid that, you know, moved to Texas. Now you're so spread out apart that the family unit is broken. Yeah. Um, I mean, you talking on the phone and all that stuff. But it's it's still different when you're spread out apart that you do have to rely on yourself. Yeah. And in places like Peru, even small town Germany, right? The family unit sense stays of together. community. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you really raise your children in a village with your yeah. aunts, uncles, cousins, everybody else, your neighbors, everybody picks up and picks in and chimes in that you have this big community that you rely on this group. And in America, do you think it's part of it's because of the size where it's just easy to just be so far and so split apart mm-hmm. where you have to be on your own and you got to yeah. be self-reliant, Yeah, you know? And, and hopefully that, that trend is changing. Um, I'm hoping that we're getting into a little bit more sense of community. Even with social media, I started to notice that all of the big social media platforms are trying to push people into a more communal um, type of environment like Facebook, Facebook communities. And obviously it's not the same, but I do see a trend where we're trying to go back to a sense of community, a sense of, Hey, I know you, Yeah, we're going through the same type of thing together. Let's support each other. And I think that's a good trend. Yeah. Who knows where we're going to end up, but I I do see that. And I hope that it's going to push us in the right direction. We'll see. Yeah. And I've noticed too, you know, when Mark Zuckerberg said that he's going to start um, giving more credit to Facebook groups instead of Facebook pages of businesses Mm -hmm. that um, the language changed in the groups. So the, for example, um, all every group I'm in, do you promise to be kind to one another? Do you promise not to, um, you know, you you will get, you will get thrown out if you're, if you're bully or if you're spam or if you're mean of whatever you do. And I feel like that's, that's a little newer. I, I do feel like there was mm-hmm. more bullying going on. And maybe it's just I'm not in the places anymore. But in places right. I used to be, maybe we're like that. But it does seem like it's less and less that people are getting a little bit nicer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Politics, but otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a whole other topic <laughs> for a whole nother, nother show. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I think... The other great thing is you can find people that are like-minded and you can find people that have similar passions and similar goals as you. For example, after starting this this podcast, Success Quest podcast, I'm now a member of so many podcasting groups and they are so supportive. Like everyone's just so happy to help. And if I have a question about anything, a question about audio, a question about marketing, a question about um, recording with a guest that's a thousand miles away someone is there to help me. And usually I can type a question and I'll have like 20 answers within a couple minutes. It's amazing. And so I think I'm, I really do hope, I genuinely hope that humanity in the world is getting to a place where we can start to support and help each other again. 
um, instead of just being so focused on ourselves. But yeah, and- wow, that was a fun conversation. <laughs> I'm one of the last generations because I think the generations younger than me are better than my generation. Where um, I have I have nieces that are um, the youngest is 17, and and, mm-hmm. and and it does seem to be that they're more interested in making the world a better place from environment to animals yeah. to everything, not just humans. Um, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. I have a lot of faith in those kids because they do seem yeah. to really stand up for what's right. Um, instead of where the money is or where the next big thing is, they just, they seem, they seem to have their head straight. So let's hope they're, they keep their head straight. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, this podcast turned a little more um, philosophical than I was expecting it to, but I'm, I'm happy about it. <laughs> I thought it was a great, great little conversation there. Hey there, Questers. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far. I just wanted to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Audible. Now, we would ask every one of you to go and check out our website, mysuccessquest.com forward slash audible, so you guys can get started with your 30-day free trial with one free audiobook and two free Audible originals. Um, Audible is a fantastic place where I listen to a lot of my books. My wife loves it. Jacob uses it. Um, so if you guys haven't heard of it before, um, go check it out at least. It's a place where you can just listen to some of your favorite books and they have a huge selection. Anyways, thank you guys so much. Let's resume the episode. Let's talk a little bit about marketing. You have a lot of experience with marketing. You were a marketing executive at one point and now you teach it full time. Why is marketing important? Um, sometimes, I mean, just like devil's advocate side of things like the when i think of marketing sometimes i think of big business trying to push something down my throat that i don't want and i don't need but i know that there's also another side to marketing so why why is it important and why is it something that we should be looking into yeah i mean if any business small or big or if it's you wanting people on your podcast to listen to your podcast that's the final um, conversion, right? So it's the sale, the listener, or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Well, the way you get those people is by marketing. So you you cannot mm-hmm. you cannot run any business, you cannot run anything without doing marketing. What's the point in having a podcast if you have zero listeners? What's the point right. in having a business if you have zero sales? So the marketing has to happen. And I do believe there's the black hat, white hat marketing, the black evil marketing that's trying to cram <laughs> things down your throat. And then there is the marketing that I teach, which is very heart centered. Um, and I do mm-hmm. think that a lot of businesses are going more that route. You see more and yeah. more businesses, they, they do volunteer days and they, they, they do philanthropy and um, you see the stories of the CEOs more. You see, you know, the guy that in, um, invented kind bars. I mean, that guy is kind. I mean, that bar really is part of <laughs> what he does. Um, he takes care of his people. The Chob- Chob- um, Chobani, is that how you pronounce it? The Chobani yogurt. Um, that guy, he mm-hmm. gave his, his people so much money and there's just more kindness coming out. But the only yeah. way to really like let the stuff happen is to market it. You've got to, when you yeah. do something really great as a CEO, it does help your company to market it and do a news story about it or talk to the press or do a YouTube or do, or talk about it on social media, because that's the only way you're going to make more money and money can help you be kind and give your employees more money Mm -hmm. and bonuses and all that stuff. So it kind of goes around, right? It goes around and around. Um, And 
I think that marketing is just vital for your business. If you cannot just go out there and promote yourself and um, just show people what you have, then you're not going to make it as a business. And one of the things mm -hmm. that I always like to teach is that you give, 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 give before you get. So you give mm -hmm. free information, you give help, you give um, downloadable PDFs, you give training videos, and then you ask for the sale. So you've yeah. done all this nice stuff and then you can ask for the sale. And that's why I call my marketing more heart centered and it, and it lands better. You know, if I'm just mm -hmm. sitting there like, Hey, buy my course, buy my course, buy my course. I'm not going to get any people to buy my courses. Right. But if I tell them like, listen, here's some free resources. Here are some awesome tools. Here's a training um, video that I did for you for free to, um, download this checklist. And then I say, Hey, also I have a course. If you want to learn more, those people are going to be more interested and they're going to want to actually mm -hmm. go ahead and purchase a course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's more about creating genuine relationships, right? Then I, I, I feel like a lot of times you think of marketing as like this sales funnel that you just, you get people in, they buy it and that's great. You got their money. Yeah. But instead we create, I mean, there's still a sales funnel, right? There's still a way, an organized process of where to get people from start to finish. But the point is that you're creating a lifelong relationship with this person, especially as a coach or as a podcast, like you want these people to come back and keep coming back. And so it's all about relationships. I mean, this kind of ties in with what we were talking about before with community. Yeah. But it's about giving. It's about being good. It's about creating value so that people are willing to also return that value. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, think about it, you too, you know, like, so right now I, you know, I'm on a, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I try to reply to every single person. I make an effort to like, if somebody emails me, I email them back. But after a while, I'm a solopreneur. I work on my own. After a while, I'm not going to mm -hmm. be able to have that time anymore. So at that point, I'm going to hire somebody. And these people are called community managers. I mean, they even have the word community in their titles. And these community mm -hmm. managers, they're the ones that answer the emails. They're the ones that are customer service based. And they are in the Facebook groups and on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And they end up talking to people because it's so important. That relationship. I mean, I've talked to somebody all three years now and she now just um purchased one of my courses but for three years yeah. we've been chatting i know everything about her she follows my stuff i follow her stuff but it wow. you know took her three years to decide okay you know what i actually want to take a take a um take some training from this lady <laughs> wow yeah but it's that's incredible know, and and after i have to say marketing i mean everything is marketing i mean think about before you met your wife and you were dating i mean when, if you shave, put on a nice shirt and try to look <laughs> good, that's marketing. If you're asking a girl out and you're, you know, like that's a sales pitch. Mm -hmm. um, when you're now as a career person and you're trying to get a new job, that is marketing. You're marketing yeah. yourself with your resume, your cover letter, your LinkedIn profile. Um, you know, I, I was a career coach for a tiny time before I became a marketing coach and I helped uh, marketers get better careers. And I told them like, you need to be out, have an online presence. You need to have some kind of thought leadership out there mm -hmm. because if somebody sees your articles on LinkedIn or they see your YouTube channel where you're providing some kind of service 
or um, you know, your Instagram is doing some awesome, awesome stuff. That's all you marketing yourself to get a job, to get an interview, to get in there. Mm -hmm. So marketing is really like everybody markets themselves. I don't care if you're not in business, if you're dating, whatever you're doing, <laughs> you're marketing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So let's, well, let's talk a little bit first about businesses and then we'll do the more personal side. Um, let's say I'm starting a business. I have a, I'm a brand new entrepreneur. I'm starting this business. I don't have a lot of money and I don't have a lot of time. Where should I focus my marketing efforts? What's kind of the most bang for the buck? What should I be doing? Yeah, especially if you don't have a lot of money and a lot of time, the number one thing you have to do is you have your business. So whatever it is, selling phones, <laughs> whatever it is, um, you need to find a niche. Okay. Because the tighter the niche, the more you're going to be likely to be known as this person in this niche. So I'm just going to do me for an example. Okay. Cause it's easy. People know. So I'm a marketing coach. I teach marketing. I sell marketing courses. That's how mm -hmm. I make my money. Um, my niche audience is social media consultants. That's as niche as I go. Mm -hmm. um, I also teach other people, but my niche is social media consultants. I tell social media consultants, listen, instead of just doing Facebook posts and Instagram posts and groups, I will teach you how to do Facebook ads and Instagram ads in order for you to make more money. And then you can start um, providing advertising instead of just posting. So then they mm -hmm. can, you know, have a better business. And so the more I niche down and I talk directly to them, the more likely I am to, um, to get more sales. But also what helps me with my bandwidth is, now I don't have to study other service owners. I don't have to study realtors and, uh, you know, e-commerce people. Right. I'm only studying my social media consultants. So I know exactly I have more time now to really hone in on what their needs are. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to serve everybody and do everything for everybody, it's going to cost you way too much money. It's going to cost you way too much time. So you niche first, then your sales, um, your value proposition of your sale. What exactly are you selling and what's the transformation? Because you know what, if, um, if you, you know, let's say Jacob, you teach me how to do a podcast. That's, that's okay, fine. Mm -hmm. But if you tell, tell me, Andrea, I'm going to teach you how to do a podcast in order for you to get more leads. And then you end up selling to these people. There's my transformation, right? Find your niche, find your selling proposition. And then what's the transformation? What's what, what's the, the transformation is what you're selling, not the product or the service. Right. Then at that next point, you need to have some kind of lead magnet. You need to have something where people can give you their email address. So you need to have a website or a blog where there's a form that people need to fill out, give their email address, and then they get something. Mm -hmm. It could be a lead magnet, could be a free video. A lead magnet could be a resource guide. If you are a cook, it could be a couple of free recipes. Um, I, my, I have a couple. I have, um, a, I have a master class, and then I have um, a checklist and um, how, to do face, how to set up Facebook ads. So I have all these different kinds of lead magnets. Um, and then that's how you get leads in consistently over and over again without spending any money. Okay. Because at that point you haven't done any ads, you haven't done anything. You just have this lead and you talk, you have this lead magnet and you talk about it on your free Instagram, on your free Instagram stories, on your free Facebook, on your free LinkedIn. You're constantly like, Hey, check out my lead magnet, get my lead magnet, get my lead magnet everywhere you're at. And you know, we live in a time where all this stuff is free. Mm-hmm. 
Facebook pages. You can do Facebook lives, which are videos. Um, you can do, if you have a phone, that's not free, but you can do a, you can do a whole YouTube channel with your phone yeah. and not spend any extra money. And you can get people to fill out these lead magnets, these forms, and then you can start growing your email list, which is the key to making money. Mm-hmm. The bigger your email list, the more likely you're going to be able to sell to people. Okay. So just to make sure I understood that correctly, first you have to define your niche and the more specific that niche, the better. Yes. Then you need to define your value proposition and it has to be a transformation. It can't just be, Hey, I do X. It needs to be, I do X so that you can get Y and it has to be transformative. And then you have to create lead magnets so that you can get people's email addresses or some sort of identifiable information from the people that are potentially interested. Did I get that all right? Or did I miss something yes. there? Yes. And the lead magnets, remember that give, 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 give before you get. So mm-hmm. the lead magnets aren't you selling your, your stuff. It's the lead magnets, something free that has something to do with your stuff. So for example, if you're selling podcast courses, your lead magnet could be um, the best podcast podcast platforms that are out there. It's some kind of like PDF. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you email them. Here's the lead magnet. Here's some more information. Here's some other free stuff. Here's some other information. Oh, by the way, I also sell this course. I also sell this product. And then you start um, selling to those people Mm -hmm. that have now been warmed up on your email list. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And to talk a little bit more about the n- the niche and niching down, um, I think that may be one of the mistakes Caleb and I made with Success Quest. The more we've talked about it, success is so broad. It's almost like the broadest word you can think of because you can have success in anything. And so like, we've been talking about that and we're like, man, like that's probably one thing. If we could go back in time and change something, I think we would, we would define a better niche. And that's not to say like, we're not enjoying the podcast or anything because we love it. And we love the little community we're starting to build. But that is one thing that if I could go back in time, I think I would think a little bit more about that and define, are we targeting small business owners, people who want to be entrepreneurs? Are we targeting parents? Are we targeting um, people that want to get in shape or be more fit? Cause we're kind of targeting all those people. And so I think yeah. that, that that's one thing that we, we would probably go back and change if we could. So that's definitely something to think about if you're starting to formulate this idea for a business or something, Find a niche and find the smaller the niche, the better, because it's better to have a small group of passionate people than a big, huge group of people that are like, eh, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And then they're going to say, oh, yeah, Jacob, the um, the weight training success guy or, you know, like whatever success you end up choosing. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So I'm going to be a little bit of a devil's advocate here. Ooh, ooh. (laughs) What is stopping you from niching down now? So let me give you an example. Mm Mm-hmm. I started out teaching a 10-week digital marketing course to all the people. So I was teaching all the stuff to all the people. Yep. Way wrong. Don't do this. Don't follow (laughs) what I did. Then I started niching down. So now I teach social media consultants how to add Facebook ads and Instagram ads to their business. Yeah. I still have the same podcast, Jacob. Same podcast. It's called Marketing Guide to Grow Your Business. That's as broad as you can get. Right. But I'm niching down in my, what I'm talking about on my podcast. 
I am getting leads with my lead magnets that are social media consultants. Yeah. I still have all these other people, I still have my realtors, all these other people that are listening to me. Some of them are going to go away and some of them will stay and be like, okay, just because she mostly talks about social media consultants, I'll still hire her. Right. So why can't you just now come up with the niche, keep everything as is, but now just start talking towards that niche and have topics for that niche going forward? You don't have to start anything new. Yeah. You know what? To answer your question, there's nothing stopping us. <laughs> and so I think that's a that's a conversation that Caleb and I are going to have to have. Um, we've been talking a lot about Success Quest and where do we want it to go and what do we want it to become and what's the end goal. And so I think we'll add that to, to part of our business planning sessions. <laughs> yeah. So. For everybody that's listening, that's in the same boat that I was when I when I did all my marketing to all the people and where Jacob is now, the best way to figure out what you should go after is a few things. First, um, try to see who's listening. So if you can survey people, so maybe you notice that like 90% of the people are listening to you because they want success in their marriage. Let's yep. pretend. Um, then maybe that's the route you go. Right. So survey what are people listening to? What do they want from you? Ask them questions. Ask them if you have email addresses, it will be easier. Ask them like, what do you want to hear more of? So that's number one. And then number two, what do you guys want to do? Like, Mm -hmm. what are you guys good at? And what part of the success is your favorite? Because it's your business. You're going to have to love it. Yeah. And then number three is just Google. What are people into in 2020? Are they into success and, um, and getting a, fitter body or they are into success with being more mindful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like five years ago it was a better body. I can tell you now without Googling, it's probably going to be mindset and right. mindfulness that people are totally into. I mean, just living a better life. Um, yeah. So, so you can still pivot and you can still tighten that niche. Um, and the good thing is for everybody is when you tighten the niche, you can also broad, make it broader again later. Yeah. So it's not like right. you're stuck. You know, again, social media consultants are my people. But if a realtor comes to me and says, hey, Andrea, can you help me with my marketing ads? I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to help them. Yeah, someone's offering you money. You're not going to say no. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not going to turn them away. And and it's just my marketing goes out to social media consultants so they can be like, oh, yeah, this one girl, she helps social media people. Go check her out. Mm -hmm. And then they talk amongst each other, and then I get known in that industry. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I. I think that, that that's super valuable. And oftentimes we try to box ourselves in and say, well, if I go down, then I can never come back. But I like that you mentioned, if you go a little too far, you can always take it take it back a notch. I mean, it's it's our business, right? It's our thing. And we, we get to make those choices. And so yeah. I think oftentimes we think that it's permanent, but it's not. So that's, not. that's good to remember. Uh, yeah, yeah go ahead. One of my coaches, his name is James Wedmore. Um, I'm in his mastermind. And he started out teaching how to make drinks um, like as a bartender. And now he teaches how to grow businesses into $7 million businesses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Like, and he had a niche of bartenders. And then he had a niche of people that only wanted to do YouTube um, videos. And then he started broadening into marketers and consultants and coaches so it's like you you start out with a niche and then you just start expanding the bigger that you get mm-hmm. um yeah so just because i'm whatever i'm doing now doesn't mean in five years from now that i'll be serving the same people right love it love it 
Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk just for a minute about marketing on the more personal side, creating a personal brand, whether that's for job interviews or whatever. Um, what are your big tips for someone who wants to create a better personal brand? Yeah. So if you're looking to create a better personal brand in your career for your job and going forward in your career to grow, um, you are going to have to become a thought leader. Um, and a thought leader doesn't mean you have to go speak on stages, but it would mean that you provide something. Mm -hmm. um, so LinkedIn is a perfect place for that. You can contain everything in your free LinkedIn account and you can post things and you can write articles um, that just pertain to your industry. Um, so again, a lot of the people that I was helping with career coaching, they were junior marketers. And so they all wanted to go to the chief marketing officer level. And so I told them like, you have to be a thought leader. So some of them started creating blogs, some of them created podcasts, um, and some of them just did the LinkedIn and started posting and posting and then befriending recruiters, befriending senior marketers that could potentially hire them. And then they're always in front of them and always giving free information and showing their knowledge. And a lot of these guys are getting swooped up by recruiters. They don't even have to look for jobs anymore. Mm -hmm. They're just getting swooped up because they're like, oh, wow, I always see you in my feed. You provide so much value. You're a thought leader in your industry. I'd love to have you work for my company. Yeah. I can second LinkedIn. LinkedIn has been a game changer for me. Um, just about the time we started this podcast, I started to get active on LinkedIn. And it has been incredible. The people that I've met, the network that I've grown to have, it's just one of the most amazing places, I think, to grow a personal brand. And I started posting mostly about podcasting, actually, has kind of big, become my little, my little niche on LinkedIn. I've been talking a lot about podcasting, and a lot of podcasters have started following me. So I think that it's a great place to really reach out and create a name for yourself. Even if you know nothing about a topic, start learning about it. I mean, start researching yeah. it and just share what the things you're learning. Just say, Hey, I loved this article. This talked about this, or I'm learning more about X, Y, Z. And these are the things that I've learned and put it in bullet points. People will really latch onto that. And you'll, you'll slowly become a thought leader. Like I said, even if you don't know anything about a topic in not very much time, you can become a leader on that topic. If yeah. you really focus on it. Yeah. And I forgot who said it, but if somebody famous, he said, as long as you're two steps ahead of your listener, you will sound like you're the most brilliant master <laughs> out there. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. You don't need to know everything inside and out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the example for the Olympics thing that I mentioned earlier, I have not taught any athletes. So what did I do this last week before I met, met with the Olympics today is read on athletes and figure <laughs> out how they brand themselves and figure out what, how they, how they drive and what they think. And today I came in and I was like, well, this is what athletes want. This is what they need. Wow. This is how they market themselves. This is how they brand themselves. And it's just two weeks of studying. And I didn't yeah. study that much, maybe an hour a day. Yeah. Um, so you can really just learn and do everything on your own that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Question, Jacob, do you hang out in LinkedIn on like groups and forums or are you doing everything on the main like posting page? No, area? you know, I haven't. I've, I've peeked around in the groups and forums, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me and the places I've followed. I've seen that they're not super active. But like I said, maybe that's just me. Um, but on the main LinkedIn feed, I've 
I've been posting there and I've been reaching and I've mostly just been searching for people. So I'll search for someone that's in my industry or someone that I'm interested in. I'll send a personalized request. And oftentimes I think some of the best things you can do if you want to connect with someone on LinkedIn is record an audio request or a quick yeah. video request because then they know that it's not copy and paste. Yeah. Totally. They know that you did it just for them. So I'll, I'll sometimes just record a quick audio snippet or a quick video and say, Hey, this is why I'm reaching out to connect to you. I'm not trying to sell you anything because unfortunately LinkedIn is a place where you get a lot of that. Yeah. I'm not trying to sell you. I'm just trying to learn a lot because I'm in the podcasting space and I'm trying to follow a bunch of really big podcasters and learn what they're doing. Yeah. So if you're interested in connecting with me, I'd love to be a connection. I'd love to kind of follow you and see what you're doing. Yeah. 99% of people will accept that request almost instantly. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I totally um I totally think that the groups are really good in there and I haven't played with them. So I was I really am interested in that. But it is all about just being out there and and being um like the give, 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 give and get, um, but yep. also just showing up. Um I mean, you and I met in a podcast group. Yes, we did. I don't even remember yep. exactly how you met, <laughs> um, how we met, but um do you remember? Maybe you gave podcasting advice to me. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember either. Were you looking for guests? No. Uh, No? (laughs) Okay. I don't think so. I don't know. (laughs) Well, here we are. (laughs) See, and that's the thing, you know, like who knows where, you know, this road leads. I mean, maybe, you know, I'm going to start speaking at these, you know, 30,000 people events and I need someone to talk about podcasts and I invite Jacob to speak on these events. So, you know, like you never know. You never know. And, and even if it doesn't lead anywhere, it doesn't need to. It's, you know, you met somebody, you learned from somebody and you enjoyed each other. And then maybe you'll never talk again, but it's always yeah. good to network no matter what. Mm-hmm. I saw something today that said your net worth is your network. Ooh. And I really like that because I think it's, it's potential, right? I'm, I'm kind of a science guy and I think of like potential energy and kinetic energy. Your potential energy is the connections that you have because that's, those are the relationships that you can, I mean, I hate to use the word like use maybe now uh, what's a more, a less mean I know, word. That's but why like, I, I try to you, you can really take advantage of these relationships and it's reciprocal, right? It's not that you're taking advantage of them, but that you're using each other and you're building this network so that you can all grow together. Yeah. So anyways, I love it. Yeah. Community is such a big thing. I guess helping would be better than using. That's the better yeah. word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Helping and then they will help you in return. It's like I said, it's reciprocal. So yeah. anyways. And you just put that, it's, it's just fun. Put that good karma in the world. <laughs> yep. For sure. Well, Unfortunately, we are running out of time. This is longer than the majority of our episodes, but I don't care. It's been awesome. It's been a good conversation. Uh, Before we leave, Andrea, uh, where can people find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to reach out about marketing? How can they get a hold of you? Yes. So if you want to learn more about me and just look at the marketing that I have to offer, just go to my website at andreapalton.com. And otherwise, if you want to befriend me on Instagram, I'd love to follow you back. Um, Just go to Andrea Palton Coach. Um, So you might need to put that in your show notes. The name is spelled A-N-D-R-E-A-P-A-L. (laughs) T-E-N. 
Okay. Yeah, I'll throw that in there. T- and I'll also throw in a link to your podcast. I always like to, whenever we have a podcaster on, I say, hey, this is the perfect audience. I mean, obviously, the people listening to this listen to podcasts. So in your podcast app right now, go and click the search button and search for Marketing Guide to Grow Your Business and go ahead and give Andrea a listen. Her podcast really is great. I've been listening to it a couple months now and I love it because I learn marketing tips all the time. So thank you so much, Andrea. Is there any last words of advice or last things you'd like to leave with our audience? I would love for the audience to subscribe to Jacob's podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet and leave (laughs) a review, I teach reviews and the importance of testimonials in marketing because you need to have that. And it makes Jacob's podcast more, um, it's going to rank higher. So please, please, please leave him a review, show him some love. Um, it's Thank you. very much needed for us podcasters. Thank you, Andrea. We really appreciate that. All right. Well, thank you so much and have a good night. All right. Thank you. Good night. Yep. We'll see ya. Hey guys, thank you so much, Questers, for listening and tuning in to this episode of Success Quest. Just really briefly before you guys tune out, go ahead and go to our website, mysuccessquest.com forward slash support. And do one of those things to support us in some way, whether it's sharing or purchasing merchandise, whatever it may be. So go ahead and do that. And again, thank you so much for tuning in for today. And we can't wait till next week for our next episode. So have a successful day.